Hi, this is Joe Kay from Play That Rock and Roll, and you're listening to Not Politically Correct Podcast. Boom! Dolly! <laughs> What's going down, everybody? Episode 61 of Not Politically Correct Podcast. It's the homie TS, a.k.a. C-Nova. You know I gotcha. A.k.a. Mexican Raiden, a.k.a. Hanko Hook, a.k.a. E-T-E. And you can find me on Twitter at C-Nova K-P-Z. Man, I am amped today because I got on the dopest shirt in the fucking world. McCoy, what's going down? <laughs> That's my best friend. Like, I, um, I, too, am wearing a shirt. It's your boy, Rim McCoy. <laughs> it's not red. <laughs> It's your boy! It's recent. Rimacore, a.k.a. Mr. What to Do, a.k.a. Young Splash Guard, a.k.a. No Cap Charlie, a.k.a. Smooth Job Johnny, a.k.a. Doped Up Danny, a.k.a. Hallway Jones, because... Your, your bitch might make me a ringtone! Fuck time it is. And you can find me... <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> um, you can find me on uh, Twitter, like, all the time, probably doing this pod. And never on Instagram at Rumor KPZ. And also on Snapchat from time to time. Check out my hat here that I posted yesterday. <laughs> Real McCoy Rebel. Hi, I'm Cody. Do you like violence? One eight. Okay. Uh, CD recording everything. Cody Brody Gross. That's all he got now. Cody did Brody. you say Cody Brody Gross? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Why did go? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Russ, the barman, a.k.a. Teddy Russ, a.k.a. Smooth Fingers, a.k.a. School Wars Q, a.k.a. Kid Universal, a.k.a. Russ the Bus. You can find Might me on uh, Twitter and the chatties of snaps. Chatties of that is At uh, E-C-K-Z underscore R-E-Y-D-E-T and then on IG at Candid Cupidity at C-A-N-D-I-D underscore C-U-P-I-D-I-T-Y. I-D-I-T-Y! I-D-I-T-Y, that's pretty it. <laughs> Indubitably, <laughs> and you can be a part of the action on Facebook at Not Politically Correct Podcast. Join the Facebook group. Uh, you can actually like our page at NPC Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Not PC Podcast, and anything you can listen to things on from SoundCloud to the iTunes app, podcast app, uh, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, all that shit. Come find us on Not Politically Correct at Not Politically Correct Podcast, and if you go on SoundCloud. Leave a comment and interact with us and tell us how you hate us, how you like us, uh, how you think Cody's a retard. Whatever you want to tell us on that thing, just do it. Kind of want to create a platform that's called All That Shit Now. Right, for sure, for sure. <laughs> all and, that you can find us and, that and for your listening pleasure for this particular episode, we got Bernie Sanders in the building. <laughs> all the billionaires. <laughs> Joe oh. K is in the house from Play That Rock and Roll. What is going down? Mr. Cracker jumping himself. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Hello. Yes. I, I'm Joe K, a.k.a. Mr. 414, Mr. Not Quite Worldwide. Uh, <laughs> you, you, can, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Play That Podcast. Let's go. Let's go. Hell and, yeah. Yes. For those of you who don't know uh, about the greatness that is uh, Joe K., T.S. and I actually went to high school with him. It's another Marquette alum. The only person that ever talks on this pod that's not from Marquette is probably Cody. But um, 
Uh, so I passed yeah, we, it one time. We went to uh, high school with Joe K, and it was a lot of fun times. We uh, did a lot of funny things. Uh, I called Joe crippled a lot. Yeah. I still think Joe's crippled somewhat. I don't know <laughs> I, if it's like Benjamin Button disease or what's going on, but it's something. Well, the, the problem is I just look like that. You know? <laughs> Does he wear a lot of blue? My face. Right. My. There's just no getting around this. <laughs> you know, you got a little Joe K because he embraces that. So yes. there you go, Joe. He reminds me of uh, Louis C.K. Oh, come on. Well, I mean, the looks the part of it, I guess. But I, I don't have red hair. But uh, I promise I've, I've never blocked a door so I could masturbate at a Oh, he blocked the... Okay, that's a whole other conversation. Right? <laughs> what did he do Let's just... Let's just... <laughs> what, did I, what did I do? Oh, no. These are in the, the high school years. Every, uh, hormones were everywhere. The archives. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, yeah, I wasn't a part of that conversation. I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> What's going on in sports? <laughs> yeah. I think we were talking about masturbating. We were talking about <laughs> Louis, masturbating in sports. Louis C.K. Yeah. Louis C.K. Louis, yeah. Um, Antonio Brown, I guess. No, that's yes. masturbating no. in sports. <laughs> um, well, the I think it was Wednesday. I forget, uh, was the first matchup with Zion Williamson and Luka Doncic. Uh, the Pelicans and the Mavs played, and they went into overtime. The uh, Mavericks. Ended up winning, but everybody was uh, kind of focused on that because of the uh, um, Luka Doncic and uh, Zion Williamson. Another uh, big matchup, though, was the uh, Bucks and the Lakers. Um, there's a lot of talk about the MVP race going on, which Giannis is leading, but LeBron is in second, not terribly close though but he's in second place for um the uh, mvp race so everyone thought that this was kind of like a good determining factor but if you look at Giannis's stats this uh season i feel like it's a give me that it should go to him and a lot of people are even saying like lebron shouldn't get it just because he's lebron and just because he's old and still i mean he's doing good like really good but like Giannis is like killing it and I agree. Isn't MVP based on stats? It's the most valuable player. So yeah. yeah so is it? He's the most valuable to the team. Most valuable to the I team, would, or the most valuable period in well, the league. Player, I think I. Yeah, I think league wide. Yeah. Like who? Who? What? What player would impact a team the most? Right. Yeah. What, yeah. Well, who? Who would be a bigger impact? Who's more likely to carry a team to the playoffs? LeBron or Giannis right now? And I. Mm-hmm. Would you? I'd say both. I'd say it's there's close, not. Yeah. There's well, I mean, not, that's why. There's a good reason why they're one and two. Oh, Mike. Oh, I say both. Actually, <laughs> um, I mean, there's a good reason why they're first and second for the MVP race. Guess who's not second? Harden. Harden. Oh, that bitch. Fuck you Harden. Know, you know, it was funny on Twitter the other day. Somebody was like uh, talking about James Harden, and they posted a picture of a guy that looks like him, and they're like, "This is who showed up to the game." And I was like, <laughs> I, "I was really, I was really high." And I said some shit. I was like, James Hardley. And I didn't think, I didn't think that was going to be funny. All of a sudden, I look up and I got like 100 likes on the tweet. And I was like, oh, okay. I feel it. Like That's actually pretty funny. Yeah, I, it's, I thought it was pretty fucking corny in a high moment that I just was on Twitter just doing dumb shit. And then I look back and everybody's like, that's, that's funny. And I'm like, James Harden becomes the third player in NBA history to reach 4,000 career three-point misses. He got there in fewer amount of games. Uh, 828, actually. Definitely James Hardley. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so, um, so I got a, I got a question about Harden. Since we're talking about him for a second, when, when did he fall out of favor? Because I know he was talking trash about Giannis, but it didn't seem like that didn't seem to be where people started to be annoyed with him. I, I, I remember a number of years ago, he was like one of the hottest players in the league, and then at some point, he's one of the guys that like I think a lot of us roll our eyes at. Okay, two things, and this is coming from a guy whose actual favorite player is actually James Harden. Oh, I only I only can't ride with him now because he's anti Giannis, and I'm gonna ride for my city first. I am more of a I am more of a I want my team in my city to win Come fan on. than anything Let's else go. when it comes to sports. Let's go. So if Hell the Bucks yeah. if the Bucks can, I would love to. I would love nothing more. It would make my heart flutter if Houston. And the Buck and, and Milwaukee could go to the finals. That I would be at every I'd be I'd be downtown at the bars with TS drinking and doing all that downtown shit that I hate. He's be, lying. I no no four. He's not known to lie to you. What four? No <laughs> no. Because I've already have I've already a record of doing that. No, I've already had a vision of that. Like if they make it to the of playoffs, line, of the, what the fuck? <laughs> of if they make it to the playoffs, I would party that entire week. Doing all the festive shit because that would be for me the greatest sports moment that I will probably experience. Bucks and now, Rockets in uh, in the two. finals with but 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 it has to be with James Harden and Giannis because those are my two. The Bucks is my team and Harden is always been my favorite player. I thought when he I wanted him to stay with OKC. I wanted OKC from like 2011 2012 to stay together because that Durant? with the with the rant. And 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 Harden and and uh, Westbrook. Westbrook. That was supposed to be something, and the fact that that they broke that up, I get it. Harden was important as a player and needed his own team, yeah. and that's why we, that's why he's been in Houston the last few years and really kind of you know kind of been their start. The franchise is built around him. I don't. I think he fell out of uh, favor with me more so recently when he started talking about Giannis. But I think for everybody else, it's been he. Is such a good player, and Houston can never seem to pull it off. Oh. They get so close, and so after you do, after you do that a few times, you get to the uh, uh, get to the point where you are like in the um, Western Conference Finals, and you are one of the best teams in the West, but you can't get past the semifinals of the second. You know what I'm saying? Like when you do that enough times, where your team is really chosen to be that team, and you don't pull through. We start motherfuckers start kind of having a thing for you like this who's, a prob- who's the problem of the team too? Right, and also um, uh, like uh, some of that same stuff was starting to happen. I feel like a little bit to, to Westbrook when okay. he was on OKC. Okay. We didn't we didn't come as hard at him as we do at Harden because Harden I feel like Harden is a little bit more of a like a not a negative personality, but he's more of a like a douche douche a little bit. More a little bit more than maybe Westbrook. He definitely Westbrook. drives a BMW and doesn't use his blinker. Westbrook, <laughs> Westbrook, Westbrook can be douchey, especially like the shit that went on with him and KD. He don't get no fuck. So mm-hmm. I like, I like, but it's more, it's that's more rooted in loyalty, and yep. I like that about Westbrook. I feel like Harden is like more of just a dick, and so when your team, when you're a dick and your team doesn't, can, I feel like he it. just cares about himself. I, I wouldn't say it. I feel like he cares about winning. But did he? he care, does he, but he games, care about himself winning, or does he care about his team winning? Don't say same, 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 same. So I was gonna say <laughs> same, 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 same. The the reason Harden kind of fell out of favor with with me <clears throat> is he just seemed he just seemed uh, <laughs> supposed to fucking work. Um, <laughs> He, he just seemed overrated a lot of times. Um, like, he just couldn't 
like, pull it off hardly. like he should, like he's yeah. supposed to. Like you kind of expect him to be um, the person for his team that Giannis is for his team, and the, the position doesn't really matter. But somebody has to be a leader, and he seems to fall short of that every time. Mm-hmm. Um, more so recently, um, as before, he was a great player. Um, he delivered to, to the team, and he he put up the numbers. But I don't know. Just recently, it's just been like, yo, what is you doing? Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I kind of felt the same way about Westbrook. You know, they were trying to you know pump his numbers and and get him these uh, these accolades and everything. And then after that season, it was like, all right, now what? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Because neither, neither of those guys stop, can, can can quite get to the finals, right? They can't yeah. seem to get over the hump. Yeah. yeah. And wasn't and correct me if I'm wrong here, but for, for a couple of years in a row, wasn't the criticism with Harden that he really like did not show up in the postseason specifically. Yep. Like there was some – he got hit for kind of being asleep at the wheel there. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. I could see that being very frustrating for a fan. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Russ hit it on the head when saying that he just didn't take up that leadership opportunity. When you think about MVP or whatever you hear – or you think about Giannis or LeBron – even Steph Curry, like these are niggas that lead their teammates. They are clear uh, personalities on the court. But when it comes to Harden and uh, Westbrook, I mean, I don't even really watch a lot of basketball like that. But even mm-hmm. watching these guys, they're phenomenal players, but they don't seem to be the people that their team looks to for guidance or mm-hmm. for, hey, we're down. What do we do? And they look towards James and James says, oh, do it. this, 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 this. Yeah. Or he's not on the sideline trying to coach uh, players to do one thing or another. He just Basketball he's just a like good you player. Team chemistry. I mean, there's a lot more to it than just being a good player and stuff like that. I mean, people. It kind of reminds me of too. People look past the fact that uh, the '92 Dream Team for the Olympics hmm. lost hmm. to a high school or college team when they were first practicing because hmm. they didn't have the team chemistry and no. they were all <laughs> i didn't know that yeah That's wild. <laughs> yeah so then that like their coach did that to them intentionally like okay play the, and just do what you do and they got smashed they took no press conference they erased the scoreboard okay. it's yeah. like a documentary but that they're like okay shit we're gonna listen all right <laughs> the, the other thing that that i i i saw um you know kind of after the game like as far as losing and winning um, the expression of the so-called leader of the team, you can you can see who actually is a leader and who was actually for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, when yeah. um, when um, Golden State is down and you see the look on who you think is the leader, um, and the, either either determination or man, we got to do we got to do this. You know, there's a, there's an expression you expect from the leader to either inspire or show the emotion of the team. And honestly, I don't think Harden has that. When I, whenever I look at him, it's, it seems very selfish. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. <sighs> well, I <clears throat> again, everything like you said, Russell, when it comes to Harden, is just like that. I feel like that's why he falls out of favor. Not that he's not a good player, not that he's not even you know anywhere near Giannis. I think like it's more so the can't get it can't get it done type moments when it comes to you know um, the the playoffs and all that and getting to the finals. And that will really tarnish, uh, like, somebody's legacy. I mean, think about people like – and this happens a lot with the Rockets, I feel like. Think about, like, T-Mac. Mm. Think well, about, like, how good they were. He was injury-prone, though. He was what? Injury-prone. Yeah, but, I mean, not as much as some – he's not, like, a Derrick Rose injury type of guy. I, he was. I mean, that's – T-Mac? Yeah. Tracy McGrady? Yeah. 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 
All right, you the sports guy. You, you just, you just <laughs> right. Uh, Isaiah Thomas. Nah. Um, you mean so? I'm gonna go. So I'm gonna maybe maybe right. <laughs> San Antonio Pistols. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with that then, maybe because maybe that's why you know I didn't see him as much as I wanted to show up because maybe he was somewhere Injured. sitting down with his ankle hurt or some shit. So it's possible he was I also mean, he was like a great player with the great potential that just. We didn't get to see it because of the injuries. Okay, then maybe that's maybe that's why. That's I think the biggest reason why he left Serrano. Or one of the biggest reasons. Mm. Well, he was on the Magic too. That's where he was like mm-hmm. really important. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like that's why we lose favor. Not that Harden's bad player, but we lose favor because he doesn't show. He doesn't pull through when he's supposed to pull through, and that makes people feel a certain way about a player. So word. What else she got for sports, homie? Speaking sports. Um, so the Lakers beat the Bucks to give us our tenth uh, loss. Um, that made the Lakers clinch the playoffs. Giannis, or so it was 113, 103. Um, Giannis had 32 points, 12 rebounds, six assists, and LeBron has 37 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. It was pretty evenly matched up with the two MVP racers. It shouldn't even be a comparison. I think it should, but I don't think this it's like a determining thing for MVP. Like, oh, well, the Lakers won, so, I'm, you know, LeBron should get the MVP. But I think it's cool to see, like, the king and these, you know, yeah. Yeah, Prince face off. I, the Greek god. I, I cannot believe he's still playing at this level at this age. Yeah. Like, like, he like, has never, like, he's, what is he, 35, I think? Yeah, 35, 34. 34? About to be 35. Dude's, like... Yeah, there's no decline. I don't even know if he ever accelerated, like, maybe a little bit, but he's just, like, plateaued at, like, God-tier level. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, yeah, he's never, LeBron has never had a bad season. Like, he went, yeah. I mean, like, personal numbers. Ex- right. Last year except, was a little iffy, right? Except, I want to say last year, because didn't he get, They didn't make like, the playoffs last year, the Lakers, yeah. but that was his first year with the Lakers, yeah. and that's, like, a team chemistry thing. And that was the first time, LeBron. that was, like, the first time LeBron in his career he didn't make the playoffs, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, yeah, he was, he was like, really, he had tweets like, this feels surreal to know that I'm not gonna be in the play. Like, he was real. <laughs> but isn't the playoff the playoff thing is interesting because it's like, he he's not only one of the older guys in the league and has all these seasons under his belt, but like the amount of playoff games added on top of all those versus guys who missed the playoffs. That's yeah. like a, another season. He holds the record for um, finals, right? Like, or can or at least consecutive. Consist- consecutive. He was in the finals seven years in a row. Yeah. No other human being has done that, right? Like. I mean, Mike would have if he stopped playing baseball. Never played baseball. Would have stopped gambling. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Six reigns. Anyway, <laughs> you, you guys uh, ever see LeBron play? You ever go to a, a, like a Bucks game or a Bulls no. game or something with, with LeBron? I've never. I don't think I've ever seen um, one of those amazing uh, NBA players that I look up to live in person. Oh no, kidding! It's always been like. Well, they're, they're pricey when they come to town. The Bucks now. versus someone because I got a free ticket. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when they played in, when they played uh, the first season, um, when they played, it was a big thing in my because I worked at the time I worked down at downtown and it was a huge thing. It was the first year of the Pfizer. Um, <clears throat> oh. Um, and they came and the tickets. I mean, people were like the guy who I. Dude, tickets with. used to be like fifteen bucks or twelve bucks. Yep, yeah. yep. At the Dude, yeah, he like he paid a couple, he paid a couple hundred to get his seats or whatever. That for that particular game it was the first game 
um, in our you know winning season last season and the first uh, LeBron Lakers uh, <clears throat> time meeting the Bucks here. So it was big, and uh, I just remember people being so excited like downtown about being a part of that. That's yeah, this one, man. I don't, I don't know, like. It's such a good time to be a Bucks fan. It is. Yeah. And, and if you've been a Bucks fan consistently, I applaud you. Shout out to uh, Camille yeah. from uh, Tech File. She's, she's been a consistent Bucks fan from the jersey, jersey changes to Michael Reds and the Branding Jennings and all that <laughs> shit. And she says it's such, like, it feels so rewarding to have stuck through all that bullshit and to, like, see what's going on now, man. So shout out to her. Yeah, I definitely was on, like, a roller coaster of the... Bucks yeah. fandom, yeah, but. for sure. The two, the uh, for a good decade, we were just. Mm. Well, the '90s Bucks weren't very good. Either. I mean, I, I remember Glenn Robinson, and Ray Allen, yeah. right when we were kids. Yeah, so that was. Were that they? Was were they, they were a playoff team. Yeah, they were. Yeah, okay. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. The... We went to the uh, the, oh. the Eastern Conference Finals and we lost to Allen Iverson. Yep. We lost we... to the refs, right? That, that, that was a game that the Philadelphia refs. The refs got a lot of criticism. Very, game. very likely, but it was funny because the Philadelphia went to the finals and right. got ran by uh, the Kobe. Yeah, by oh. Kobe. So you think we would have we would have suffered the same fate? Yeah, likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it would have been it would have been nice for the Milwaukee Bucks to have been in the finals right. for the first time in like twenty. At that time, it would have been the first time in seventeen or thirty years. No, because we were in eighty four. Twenty nine years. Really? Yeah. Kareem, that was. I know we won the championship in seventy one. Yeah, seventy one. No, we went to yes. the, we went to the finals in the eighties at some point, didn't we? I do not. Know I don't think anyone went to the finals in those years except for Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Right. <laughs> you know what? I, That's fair. Like literally, That's fair. no one. That's fair. <laughs> they didn't even. Their teammates didn't show up. It was just those two guys playing every year of the eighties. But yeah, so they had a cool stat too of um, LeBron. At age 25, and his like average stats, and then oh, wow. Giannis right now because he's 25. So LeBron was averaging 29.9 points per game, uh, 7.1 rebounds per game, and 8.4 assists per game. Giannis had 29.6 points per game, 13.8 rebounds per game, and 5.8 assists per game. Shows like if you, if Giannis can like hold up to LeBron standards, getting older and stuff for throughout his career, but that's pretty stunning and amazing to be compared at that level. 74. Last championship we played, right? right. Oh. I had the wrong four. What was the last time we were in the finals? 70, 74. 74. That was the last time we were in the finals? Last yeah. championship uh, series play, yes. 74. Damn. The, that makes me even more happy of what, like, to read that stat and to think about where we are now, that makes me even more excited. Even more, because we, that... People don't realize the 70s was damn near 1970 was 50 years ago at this point. Oh, yeah. Right. 50 years ago. Half a century, bro. We, we ain't talking been... about like the last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. We finna be them this year. Or they were in the Super Bowl. I don't that even was, know if they won that Super Bowl. That was but... one month ago. <sighs> also the time when <laughs> what, Kobe passed. Oh. I don't like this church. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't like a lot looking at us. Speaking of Kobe and because he's a god, young splash god, music. Ah. Because uh, I got depression. <laughs> yeah, so gods, there are some godly people Kobe. in heaven, yes. There are some, also some godly people here on earth still. 
And, and on this couch. And thank you. Thank you, Joe Kate. Well, I was talking about me. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am quickly rushing over. To I was going to... I was gonna make a, a really bad joke about him looking elderly and meeting uh, God soon, so maybe that's what. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, okay. So there are some godly people here on Earth, which include Joe K, which include the Young Splash guy. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there are some godly MCs in the world, which include Royce the Five Nine. Now, if you've listened to this podcast, which I'm sure you have, because you're listening now, you know that I think Royce the Five Nine is the most is the greatest human to ever rap. I think from a technical standpoint, I, I'm not saying he's my favorite rapper. I'm not saying he's the, the um, you know, has the best songs. I'm saying from a technical standpoint, from a craft, from an art form point of MCing, he's better than Jay-Z. He's better than Nas. He's better than Pac. He's better than Big. He's better than M. I think Royce is the pinnacle of what you would study if you want to know hip-hop how to interrupt yes now he dropped an album about two weeks ago called the allegory which it took me a while i'm not gonna lie my pod has been poking and prodding and telling me to get on it because they want to talk about this so i'm gonna let them take the floor a lot this this episode especially cody i have a lot of faith in this man today i thought you were just joking no i was not no (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna join in but but i'm gonna join in but i want to be honest with the people I just got y'all know how I am. I like to like to sit with an album for a little bit, dissect and digest. And I just got to this album uh, yesterday. I've listened to I've listened to it twice, and I've listened and I've I've critically listened. I didn't just like the first one was a okay. This is where we at. The second one was a okay. Let's di- let's look at some. Let's dissect. Let's look at some of these lyrics. Let's write down you know what I think is good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it. I'm gonna talk about what I think is great. I want to talk about why I think this is a really good album and some of the best work I've heard from Royce. Um, but I'm going to let my pod tell y'all why they think this is good because I think they're going to have some insight, T.S. and Cody especially, about this album. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, how many megaphones you give it. Oh, yeah. I definitely got Oh, yes. <laughs> and I didn't forget about that, the megaphone thing. <laughs> um, so... First of all, it's called Allegory. And for those of you who don't know, I just want to say, the, like, define Allegory. A story, poem, or picture that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning, typically a moral or political one. So this is a skit from the album called Ice Cream. Hey, mama. Hmm? What's an allegory? An allegory is a story with a subliminal meaning that has a political message based off the writer's moral. Can you sound from the ice cream truck? Of course, baby. Oh, we're going to keep going. What's going on, little man? What can I get for oh. you? Now, for as long as I can remember, the ice cream truck been playing this same song. I bet you don't even know the origin of it, do you? Do you? This is where I learned ice again. Man. Lady, what the hell are you Allow talking about? Allow me to enlighten you, Mr. Ice Cream Man. <laughs> a white man named Harry C. Brown made a racist-ass song called Nigga love a watermelon. That was in 1916 on Columbia Records. And here you are, a hundred years later, coming through your neighborhood, playing the same fucking song. Way to go, Mr. Ice Cream Man. Wait a minute. Ain't you never Titty 69 from Tinder? Oh man! I, um, so yeah, there's the definition of allegory and a fun fact about the ice cream jingle, yeah. "Nigga Love a Watermelon" by that guy back in 19 whatever. The fuck? 
1960. <laughs> My head's gonna explode. I cannot believe that. Uh, <laughs> well, I can absolutely believe that. I, I had never heard that, in, you know. On Columbia, on Columbia, right? Like it was on a record label, no less. Like accidentally. Oh, I always thought it was like, oh, I forget. I forget what name I th- I thought it was. Where it was just just like a children's song or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Well, that's uh, a horrible little fact in history. <laughs> that you think that's horrible? Think about your uh, national anthem that they were getting so mad that motherfuckers. Oh uh, no, I, I don't want to. <laughs> I, I, don't, I <laughs> think about it's yeah. a lot easier when you don't think about it. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> <laughs> um. So allegory. Basically, allegory started. It started as an EP. For those of you who don't know, it started as a little EP. It was going to be a couple of tracks that Royce was going to do. And he said it was going to be... You, Royce has been kind of having this this, uh, this kind of like revelation he's been coming across over the last few years where he's been thinking more and more about like the plight of black people and, and like what his position is in it and what is going on with MCs and people in the industry. Because he's been in the industry 20 years. You know, he's dealt with the politics and, and, and people kind of, you know, like fucking him over all of that shit and so he started, started as a little ep that he was putting together um and he just had a couple of different things and he said this is the first album that kind of found him instead of him like plotting to do the album because he had so he would do a song and he had so much to say and he would and he would like do one more and he was like this is not quite right like it's not enough i think he I had say a lot like to this. say because maybe it's just me but listening to the album it was a great album but I feel like he had a hell of a lot of features on it, and he could have definitely had more. Verses. I was gonna say there wasn't that much Royce to me. There was a, I mean, there was a lot of Royce, but there's a lot more features and skits. And yeah, I, didn't, features, I feel like I didn't skits. hear Royce as enough. It yeah. definitely, well, it's Royce. So anytime he's on, he has a feature. It don't see he has features, but I feel like, and I was gonna, t- I was gonna talk about that later on about. I have broken down my favorite song, beats and features. Have a lot to say. It doesn't like mean that he had to say it himself, but like he really had a vision for this album and the story. Yeah. Or... See, he talked about it. He talked about it being. He said when he thinks, which I think a lot of us do this when we when he thinks it's so random. He was like, even if you listen to the songs, they have a ba- this. There's a base idea of this allegory and what it represents to. Um, it's it's. All the stuff that he put together is basically a political statement in the end because he's talking about the plight of black people. And he's like, it's all random. He's like, there's a lot of random shit. He's like, I, my thoughts are everywhere on here. There's good songs, there's good thoughts, and there's good rhymes. And he's like, but these songs, a lot of them are all over the place because he's like, that's the way I think about it when I'm thinking about these about politics and, and race relations and and financial literacy and how I want to give it to people and how we, you know, where we are. And he's like, he's like, most of our minds will go from this thought to that thought. You find yourself in a rabbit hole researching this or that. And I think it translates to the music, but in a very good way because we get a lot of moments where I'm like, there's a lot of shit where I still want to go back and look up. So I think uh, the theme of this album is very concise, even though the album itself is, 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 is random. Um, I broke it down like this. He has some amazing songs some amazing thoughts on here so so my favorite songs my favorite songs on here i think overall overcome i'm not saying it's the best song i'm saying that's my favorite let me tell you why overcome the beat is so soulful however off-putting at times like it doesn't without some there's not a lot of drums into it in it at moments there's a lot of this there's a lot of this sample that's looped and chopped i this like, beat i did notice right away and i did he i know he produced 
Did he produce the whole album? Yes. Himself? Okay. Yes. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that too. Because this, this was, I, was, I was, I knew that from, um, I was looking forward to this album, listening to interviews from him in like December, November. Like back then I knew that this was coming. So when it kind of came out and I knew that he was producing it, I was kind of paying attention to the beat and stuff like that. So I liked that. He, yeah. He, he produced the whole thing. And it wasn't one of those things where he like had DJ Premier or Pharrell or some of the people. Cause he knows a lot of producers. He didn't yeah. have him in the studio. He, He's Royce. Right. Exactly. He has access think, to all these right. guys. What it it's was, not like he had him in the studio. He not, it's not like he had him them in the studio with him and we're like okay I'm gonna make I'm gonna make this what should I add here what should I do here it was all him what it was all him he said he said he sent at the end all of the thing he said the whole thing to DJ Premier and just asked for his input and DJ Premier would say turn up the kick here so you can hear it better or turn this down cuz it's muffling your shit he would help him on the mixing he didn't DJ Premier didn't get this track and get to add a bass line and then like he didn't do that this is all Royce and if you and the reason why this is so dope is because if you fucking know Royce, you know Royce is amazing at what? Rhyming. The fact that this man was so inspired and was like, fuck it, like I'm gonna actually take the time. He was like, I will go to the studio every day and make a beat because it made me feel good. It made me happy. Like this motherfucker is using the music on some therapeutic shit. And it's so good at rhyming, was able to put that to the side and was like, I'm going to take some of that focus and move it over here. And, and I know it is like used as, as therapy for uh, his sobriety too, but yep. um, I know his son is a producer and is trying to get into the game and stuff like that. So I don't know if it's true and like how, uh, if he's like kind of got inspired from his son and wanted to like Potential. work on beats that I way. I think he might have been inspired by his own message in the album too because the whole premise of the album to me is making sure that you are independent and you get yours yeah. off top and you can depend on yourself or your family, your team, instead of having to outsource and buy everything and things like yep. that. Yep. So for him to not only be the MC but also be the producer at the same time, he's like it further emphasizes the message that he's putting forth on the allegory. For sure. Yeah. That was a rust the bus type sentence and i'm super proud of myself was, for that oh, you beat, me I, <laughs> beat me to the bus stop is, is this the first album he produced himself or did he yes. produce yeah. his other ones yes oh, this is okay. the first album he actually <clears throat> just really got into producing he helped eminem a little bit produce produce uh me. um darkness he produced that Really weird. That's that's Eminem's record. Yeah, off, oh, okay. off of music. Royce Royce produced Darkness most most of that and brought it to him and then helped him produce uh, Yaya Yeah Yeah Yeah. Ya. So and, and also got him the feature from Black Thought. Em said I want to do something with Black Thought and Royce and I was like oh I got you I'll, and brought Black Thought. People don't understand how much Royce is sometimes M's connection to a lot of the, the rest of the industry because M stays away from us. M don't fuck with people. Right. And, I was gonna ask this. Royce is Eminem's friend, right? Yes. Yeah. They, they come up together in, in Detroit. You would, yeah. Not, yeah. not actually. They didn't come up together. They met in '97, right before oh. M was right before M got signed and took off. But from the moment that they met, it was a connection, and they wanted to work because M thought Royce was dope. Royce thought M was dope, mm-hmm. and so funny story. I'm just since we just having the music segment. Funny story. Kino is a guy named Kino who was Royce's uh, old manager, mm-hmm. who introduced him at a concert. Mm-hmm. Which is the best thing Kino ever did for Royce. Now here's the thing, so Roy, so M liked Royce in the beginning, and as soon as he started doing the shit with Dr. Dre, he would bring Royce with him. Royce was with him at, at Dre's mansion, and he talks about it on the allegory, sleeping on uh on, on Dre's floor when he was homeless. And could have been. Signed. He wrote the message, 
which is on uh, Chronic 2001, one of the top five best uh, hip-hop albums, but you know, I'm talking about that today. Uh, he wrote the message for Dr. Dre. Kino was talking in an interview or something, and he was like, he, he watched him sit with Dre and coach him like a, a student when it came to rhymes that he had wrote for him. M coach Dre. Everybody knows that Dre gets wrote for it. Mm-hmm. But Kino said it in an interview and in the way Dre heard it, Dre was like, I don't like what he's telling too much about how he's doing things. And Dre told Royce to cut ties with Kino. So the story goes. Hmm. Also, Dre wanted Royce to sign with him and Royce didn't sign he signed with Columbia. Right. That's that definitely yeah. yeah that drew a wedge between Ooh. Royce and M at times and that ended up get, you know that's kind of where some mm-hmm. of the shit that happened with him and Shady Records later on in the early two thousands was a little beef but um, could you imagine the elevation and the height that Royce could be at if he signed with, with Dre? Dre yeah so if you had well, Dre and M at the same time that would whew, well here's the th- here's- shit. Yeah, that's kind of when when I, you text me like what what album we were listening to, and I did listen to the job, yeah, most of it. <laughs> but you did what McCoy did. Congratulations! Yeah, I, I I listened to a chunk of it, and I was curious because I don't know a lot of rap artists, but I I recognized his name, and this is probably going to be a bizarre reference, but like I remember <laughs> him from um, didn't didn't he he's on. Uh, that song Lighters with Bruno Mars mm-hmm. and that's, Eminem. That's him, that's him and M's Bad Meets Evil. They have a group. That's their record. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's right. That's right. Yep. yep. Okay, so I heard that song years ago whenever it came out, and Royce had a lyric that, that always stuck with me and sort of confused me, and he said something like, I remember when T-Pain didn't want to work with me. Yep, yep. And, and at the time, it struck me as odd because th- that was still the time where like T-Pain was on Everybody's. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like yeah. everyone had him. So it was like maybe I'm reading too deep into this. But so it, why this, wouldn't uh, T Pain want to work? Where, with him? Yeah, was it this this industry stuff you're talking about, or was it that like he is he's he's saying T Pain represents all mainstream? No, artists I think that he. Just I think T Pain, the artist, probably didn't want to work with him because Royce. Royce isn't a. He's not a frontline artist. He's yeah. not. Right, he's, he's just not, not a star. He's, he's, he's a, more. He's, he's more. He's, his I wouldn't. Is, like, I want to say he's an A-list artist, but he he's more independent. I feel he's, like. yeah, he's not he, underground, but he's an A-list artist to rappers. He's a rapper's rapper. So Ooh, rappers, okay. MC people that like like the art of hip hop, we they all know. fucking yeah, know, they know. We, we know he's, got, he's got all the credibility, right? But he doesn't have right. like commercial success. Exactly. Yeah, that's the word I'm for. And even even his music, he's kind of more like the fuck the industry. Yeah, he's that guy. And I think I think even his music too. You got to think about when he would have that song that he you're talking about came out in 2011. That album came out in 2011. Oh God, I'm itching right now. You got to yeah. You got to think about I think about when T Pain was hot. Five, six, seven, eight. Those are T Pain's like those are the years T Pain was not even five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Those are the four years that T Pain was hot, like hot, hot on yeah, fire. Everything that T Pain touched, but oh, I don't. Sure. At that time, T Pain was trying to grind. Like he was, he stated that he was trying to make as much money as possible. He was trying, and that's why he was working with whoever he could work with in order to make that money. And I think it was a power move from T Pain to be like, I would work with you, Royce, because I respect you, but I'm trying to make money, dog. And anytime mm-hmm. I'm lending my voice to something, we gotta come with it. And I don't think you gonna do that. And he probably didn't. Royce's, but I, I, I wouldn't say he would didn't have the budget. But you gotta think. In those years, Royce probably had the budget, but I'm saying, Royce, but Royce wasn't really making that much money in the in those years. Royce Royce said it himself. He was like, 
after I got back with M and Slaughterhouse, so like 09, 2010, he's like, after that relationship was repaired, then my money got back right. But he was like, before then, he was, you got to remember, he spent a year in like 06 to 07 or 07 to 08. One of those years, he spent a year in prison on the on the drunk driving shit. Ooh. So he wasn't, Roy, and you, it's Royce. It's not like, it's not like, he's he not Wayne. He can't sit, he couldn't sit down for a year and his money wasn't going to slow up. You know what I'm saying? So he might not, he may have had the budget. He may not have had the budget, but I think T-Pain, greater than that is the type of music Royce make. T-Pain was the radio guy at the time. Right. So to think about how how do you and T Pain's making party music and feel good right. music and stuff like right. that. Royce how, is a, how do you lend your voice to that and make that sound? Especially if you T Pain, you he ten years younger than Royce, you T Pain, you the hot nigga on the street, how you supposed to he might be like, I don't that's the old last thing. I don't know I, like, I don't know how I'm gonna do that shit with dog and it's gonna sound tight. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you Right. So yeah. I think it was I think it was a power move and, and maybe on the money tip, but I also think it was a I don't want to make this whack ass music right now. He's t- he's the most popular artist at the time. He don't. It's weird. It's gonna be weird if he goes in the studio with Royce Five Nine. They on some DJ Premier boom bap ass shit, and he trying to be like trying to auto tune sing. He don't. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes artists just don't meld he's not well. Really, for the popularity or the uh, I don't know what the word I'm thinking of, but uh, you know, yeah, doing something just for the popularity or like what's in at the moment. It's right. more like well, yeah, that's not Royce, right. right? But in terms of the album, I think Overcome the beat is so soulful, it's off putting at times because in, until the drums come in, some of it seems like off beat, which is really yeah, I noticed that. I too. don't like that type of shit. I you if you know, ooh, I don't fuck with that shit. That off beat don't you got to be got to be on point and you got to rock. There's still a point in in history where fucking uh, Swiss Beats made a beat for Kanye West and he just stopped the beat in the we not that pull out watch the throne and uh, Swiss Beats did a lot of shit with Kanye West in the year 2010. I wish he would done watch the throne and some of the shit on beat the throne. Anyway, so the beat was off putting without the drums, it rem- but it reminded me vibe wise and sample wise of an early early Kanye and the verses were so layered. West Side Gun, when we played the track, I heard him a little bit earlier. I like his voice, man. West Side Gun, regardless of how I feel about him as an MC, he is a good MC, but it's, I, he's not my favorite. There's a lot of names in there. I had to look at it. I like, I like. What, West Side Gun. He got the whole Griselda records on that motherfucker, which is, they all come with that shit. West Side Gun voice on that sample just does something for me on some rap. I just like the way that shit sounds. Um, but um, I think it fits well, too, because of the stripped down uh, uh, beat. West Side Gun, like, vocals come through and he's doing his thing now here's the thing Royce says something about Clarence Avant if you know anything about he says he says basically uh Clarence Avant Clarence Avant is what we needed at the at those tables basically and that's paraphrasing but he is a black and I just caught a documentary on him it's on Netflix I think we all should watch if you get a chance he's a black um he is a black music exec from the 60s Clarence, 70s. Clarence Avant Avant okay everybody Fucks it from Snoop Dogg and Jamie Foxx and them niggas from the '90s and 2000s that still fuck, still that's still alive, and he paved the way for a lot of like black artists to get paid what they're supposed to be paid. Clarence would go into meetings with white people and be like, "No, motherfucker, we like these motherfuckers. You gonna give us this because you would give it to that motherfucker." Like, and Clarence was one of those people who really helped to push black people forward. Um, if you get a chance to watch it, it's a documentary on oh. Netflix. I, yeah, what's it called? I forgot the. I just watched it like last month. I forgot the fucking okay, name. Okay, look it up. Post it in the post group. In the group. That's, I'll, uh, that's a good I will idea. post it in the group. It's it's a good documentary with Clarence Avant. When he said that, that's when I something clicked about this album. When he said that, the Black Godfather. Yes, the Black Godfather. That's the name of the doc. Great. When he when he said that, 
and and I, he said the name, and the documentary came back to me, and it clicked what this album was fucking about. Black Betterman. Like, that line in there talking about Clarence Levine is like, yes, nigga, yes. Yes, motherfucker, yes. We need him in that. And I feel like that's what he's doing in his, in his album, trying to push that type of nature um, through the music. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Clarence Levine started Success Records, which was a play on success and sex. He said those are two things that people want in life. So Success Records, but that had... Uh, I believe it was Bill Withers and Ain't No Sunshine When He's Gone, She's Gone. Yeah, that, like that. <laughs> he, she's. She's, yeah. It's, it's 2019 or 2020. Motherfuckers is whatever they want to be, I guess. Um, That's back when there was sunshine. But, um, so he, 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 he pulled that guy. That guy was like 35, 37 when he started working with Clarence. And he made that guy a superstar in the, his late 30s. Because he was a, a good writer and Clarence believed in him. And Clarence did that a, a few times, but Clarence Levine is very uh, important to the music industry. So that line stuck with me. Overcome is one of my favorite songs. Just the way those drums come in and Royce come in at the end and just honestly talking. On the Block, that last Royce verse, uh, th- that one is just another one where he's just layering, just going stupid, bro, with the bars. Uh... I just he's just really rapping in this one man um I think even I can't remember what the bar was that, that had me click that had it click on this song but but it was like real dope at the, that 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 last verse and even his feature with uh Oswin uh Benjamin that guy got off too um thou shell thou shell and fubu are two of my favorite tracks because Fucking bars, man. We talking about rap now. Who is Kid Vicious? Because listen Kid to Vicious. a lot of uh, Royce's son. Kid is that Vicious. Is his brother? That's his younger brother. Okay. Kid Vicious is Royce's younger brother, and he's over all the Royce's shit, and he's always so he's got good. One younger and one older brother. Yeah, yeah. He has an older brother who. So, was in, so, so the, this is the Eli Manning of the family. Greg. Yes. Kid Vicious. <laughs> yes. Yes. He is. Yep. Yep. Greg is his older brother. Yeah. Greg went to jail. If you listen to Book Around, Greg went to jail oh, for 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 beating, stabbing for somebody. stabbing somebody about fucking with Royce. I was um, trying to protect Ryan. Yeah. All right. Jesus. Um, but uh, on Thou Shell, there's this bar where Royce says, you couldn't make a classic out of that trash if Brenda dropped it. Yeah. I heard that. Holy, f- <laughs> listen, bro. He said, you couldn't make a classic out of that trash if Brenda Now, if you stupid and you don't know, that was a reference to Brenda Got a Baby by Tupac, which is a classic record. And in the record, in the record, Brenda drops her baby in the trash. So that 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 trash being dropped makes for a classic record. This is what I'm talking about when I'm telling y'all that Royce is the best rapper. I'm, that's not that's not a light bar. That's an easy bar for Royce, but it's not light. If you not that shit is he has like good. Life. That is good art. That is good craftsmanship of rap. Like you motherfuckers do not. It's just a quadruple what entendre. One of my favorite bars on uh, this album, and I think it's on. Uh... Wait before before you switch. Oh, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Before you before you switch the song, I just want to say Kid Vicious also says in that same song. I wasn't you... gonna switch the song. Oh, okay. sorry. What was your favorite bar? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Wait, I like go. This in 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 Thou Shall, his brother Kid Vicious, who's the feature on there, says, "I want to flip the world upside down to make the world. I want to flip the world upside down to make the world look up to the streets." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fucking. This is solid in seeing. I'm like, the yeah, whole... they're related. No. <laughs> I'm like, was what? this? Is that the same song where he said something about um, going on a date with the eighth of December and then turning back around and making the rest of winter pay for his dinner? 
Oh my! I don't even know what song it is. That sounds so tight, dog. Dog. Oh my! This one, dog. It's so many. I just listened to that back like three times. Like, what? Dude, it's and this is and this is where you get the best Royce, man. Like this motherfucker will rhyme and and rhyme and rhyme. Uh, Fubu, him and him and uh, Conway the Machine, another Griselda artist. He had he said he had them sleeping on his uh, and on the studio floor. He said them niggas didn't even they they were on tour. They came through to Detroit. And it didn't even. Oh my God! One of my favorite beats on this motherfucker album too is Fubu. Uh, he said they came. The Conway guy or, 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 or the Griselda guys are on tour, and they came through to Detroit. And he said they said, "Yo, we want to rock with you." They didn't. He had a bus full of motherfuckers at his studio, bags and shit out sleeping. They slept in the studio. They didn't even get a hotel. They all came to Royce's studio and slept on the studio floor and was just. And that's why all three of them motherfuckers are on here. All the motherfuckers is on the uh, album, and it's just that's just like the when he describes it, he's like, I like shit like that, and I, that's good. That's like a good music moment to know, like motherfuckers on tour instead of getting wasting money on hotel. I said, come to the studio, and all of us did our fucking rapper thing, and that was just like it's like good shit, like, and then you get good verses from all of the motherfuckers on the thing, like, um, the upside down is not one of my favorite songs, but he has a line, uh, a Bill Mayer line. He basically says, uh, Bill Mayer. And I'm paraphrasing, but he says uh, Bill Mar- Mar- Bill Maher, whatever the fuck. I was going to bring this up, actually. Yeah. yeah I, I, did, did, go ahead. Yeah. He, basically, the line basically the line is he... Uh, Thinks s- that Bill Maher can say the N-word. He said, well, he says, Bill Maher, you say the N-word because you probably say it on a DL. He says, uh, Louis C.K., you say it in front of Pookie, but no, you would not say it in front of DL. Like, it's such... These aren't the most elaborate bars, but they are. That's the good thing about Roy, when he it's not like the shit he's saying is not he can say an he can say some shit that if I said or if another motherfucker that rap like if Nova said it on a record I would look at this motherfucker like oh what the fuck what like, he's like, nigga, like you got some shit to, you came with the shit today he was in the, you the were, subtle not so subtle jazz right yeah. but when 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 Roy, when Roy says it it's so like here you go again with the throwaway shit. Because I know you could say some other shit, but you just took the little shit. Now I'm impressed, and now I'm mad. I can't, I can't make the little shit that you just made. Goddamn right. it! Like, now I can't say it because you didn't say it. it. Right. Damn. Like, so Royce is so low hanging fruit. He's so good at like. What did you think about the bar, okay? Like, okay. Well, I just I was a little just caught off guard. I don't know when this record came out, but like I was just caught off guard to hear that reference because I remember that hitting the news cycle a couple weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, when Bill Maher just casually said the n-word jokingly in an interview mm. and it was like he, he a lot of people can't stand him and, and i kind of like him i kind of don't he gets so much every couple of years he gets a controversy and then mm-hmm. he never apologizes for any of it but this one was like the one time where he like i think realized he fucked up and he did apologize he, well and i the, feel like ice cube made him apologize yeah absolutely. oh yeah yeah <laughs> yep. yeah but so and then it but it went away like his the the controversy I should say kind of drifted off and then he's he's still on his show and blah blah mm-hmm. blah and then like so here in it, I forgot about it and then here in this track it was just like oh okay so good it's not totally forgotten I mean I when you were saying that I was like well what makes something like gone away because maybe in the media they're like oh we're not that, talking about this anymore yeah. but still in my head i don't know i guess oh, the voices yeah. and everyone else but that still hangs on i still when i think of bill maher I think of that too sure. and even when he was talking shit about people who read comics oh he yeah said, he did yes he did. When yeah. Stan Lee died, yeah he did remember yeah. when stan lee died we were talking about that yeah oh that's right fuck dog yeah bitch ass that's where i remember the name he's from. he's <laughs> problematic 
right. Well, fuck that nigga. Yeah. He thinks he's above a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he, he has an ego like, I don't know, any. I can't think of a single other media personality who thinks he's in love with himself. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, those two, and those two, How, I like Howard like, Stern, though. Howard, Howard, Howard has an ego. Yeah, he does have an ego. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I Okay, so the best overall song on the album, overall, Tricked. Here's why. I'm not saying it's my favorite song. I'm saying song and theme in relation to the album, beat, and song design. How they rap with the, you hear you, you think you think you this, but you've been tricked. Tricked like the way. Exactly. It's the best. It's, it's one. Of, this is one of the best beats that Royce has on this album, hands down. You got his shit off in this. Like, yeah. This is why, this is the best. This is to me is the best overall song or record on the album I'm again not my favorite mine is overcome I think we all have different albums different songs that are like thinking that the art is a pie to be split my that's a farce it's a lie we've been tricked like the with the bounce and the way the way they're writing and also I think it has one of the best features and King Crooked came through on the last verse really fucking shit up dog um I think that's the best record on here um also set one of the second best records is uh, black savage Again, not my favorite record, but in theme, beat, and song design. Dude, this came out. The single came out January. Was yeah, it? yeah. Maybe even like late December. December. Maybe December. That's what I forgot. When I saw this was on the album too, I was like, oh. Yeah. This guess was one of. I have one of the better Ti verses, and I don't think Ti's weak at all, but I think it has one of the best verses. He really wraps his ass off. <laughs> <laughs> if you um, haven't listened to Allegory, I would definitely give it a listen. It's a, I think this is a, a classic hip hop album. If whether it's gonna go into the annals of history as a classic hip hop album, that's yet to be seen. It, but it's a classic talk. sounding hip hop album. You got the bars, you got the simple beats. It's not super bass heavy, so you only have to pay attention to the instrumental because the lyrics were off. No, this was a whole album back to front, had a message all the way through it. Bars are there, creativity is there, song structure is there. It's just a good listen to. Yeah. I don't think there's any skips on this album. I was going to I wanted to say one, one last thing. Um, Dope Man is not my favorite song, but I think that beat is amazing. I think it's a really alternative beat. You could tell like Royce was just kind of getting his shit together when making that beat. And I don't age. Another really good song, and that the beat has a hard early 2000s Rockefeller feel. I thought the album, at first I was going to say the album could have ended after Rhinestone uh, Durag. Um, that was a nice little freestyle. I feel like the album could have went off there, but then there are parts um, that we need from uh, Hero and the end of My People Free, like the, the shout outs and shit. Yeah. So I don't think. I don't think maybe I don't know if we needed those. I, I don't really like uh, Young World. I don't like that. Um, I don't think we needed all of my people free, but I do like what he did at the end of there. Yeah. And I think like, I like that shit that he did with his dad uh, for his dad under my hero or under hero. Also, the features on this album. Originally, I was gonna say um, I had a bunch of people that I was gonna shout out for features, but I just think that by the time I got to uh, Black Savage again, I realized that the theme of this album brought out something amazing in everyone involved again one of the best ti verses i've heard uh kid vicious did his 
fucking Thug Thiz, uh, Conway the Machine really got a verse on there. And I wonder if I ever really like Conway the Machine like that, but I like his shit on uh, FUBU, so. Another person it's, I had to pay attention because I don't know him. I've yeah, never heard yeah. of him. Before you give your ratings, um, everybody knows how I feel about the album. We heard McCoy. Joe, what did you think about the album, what you've listened to? Yeah. The past track one? Well, I'll, I'll tell you where I'll tell you where <laughs> it lost me because it, it did lose me. Not musically at all, but just when I realized like this wasn't for me. Uh, when when he did the song I Don't Age and he said the, the words I Don't Age, I was just like, well, shit, man, that's all I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> track three. Man, <laughs> this album is not for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, seriously, though, like... I Benjamin could... Button's like, this may spit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, listening to you talk about, um, like, the reference to the, the Brenda... Yeah. story okay like see that's something like i would i have no context of right. what that reference is but there was a line in a different song where he said something along the lines of um there's nothing left to eat for the poor except the rich yep yeah and i would and i i perked up it was just like well i get that yeah yeah, exactly. yeah that speaks to me my yeah. fat ass yeah, i got that yes. <laughs> bring me the rich yeah so <laughs> billionaires you know <laughs> that was bernie sanders yeah <laughs> So, so I think like it, it's definitely you know for me I, I I picked up that it's not really like a party record, and there is definitely some very deep uh, references that a casual fan or a casual listener like me wouldn't get. But there is some accessible stuff too, and I appreciated that. For sure, for sure. Would you give it a? Uh, would you listen to the whole album, or is it, is this an for album sure. that you will return to? Yeah, it was just like I I stopped because I was running out of time. I had to leave, but I also. Uh, I, I realized I was starting to stack up some thoughts in my head, and I was just like, if I listen to much more, I might forget a few of these. So, right, and that's, that's good, though. I wanted I think to take a break. As long as you are... I think that makes for good rap when you have to think about it mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. So. Russ? Oh, um... Well, I guess we already know how Cody feels. Um, man, this album was... Uh, it was really good. Um, I've always thought Royce was so uh, super dope uh, one of the actual f- one of my favorite tracks on the um, the city so far because um, like like you said I, I you got to listen to it a couple times with Royce so it's like yeah this is my second time through and I think I got caught up uh, right on pendulum and I was listening to that one like over and over and over because there's some there's a couple lines in there that like really caught my attention I'm like okay dude seriously yeah 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 <laughs> um, I don't age was another one um, and then you mentioned like the other ones that I thought, yeah, I got to really go back to these because there's some lines in here that I know I missed that I got partial, uh, partial, uh, understanding on and I have to go back to them. So yeah, um, Royce did his thing. It's, it's still a, a dope record to me. Dog, my man said something like, how could Royce be a yes man when I'm constantly standing in the no? <laughs> Dog, <laughs> shut the computer down. <laughs> Cody. Um, well, I just wanted to go off what some of you were saying about it, is that uh, he did mention, too, something about you need to have a timeless record because it, he basically said something like, you can't just have the money in the moment. It has to age well to be, like, have money in the long run or something. Yeah. I forgot how he yeah, worked. Yeah, he, he even, I think he said something about music doesn't age well. Matt, yeah. he was talking about the Masters. He's like. Yeah, because he talked about uh, Prince telling Nas that yeah. you have to own your own Masters. Yeah. And, and it's the th- that's the thing. He was like, he broke it down and said in one of the songs, um, people always talk, tell the young people to own their Masters. But if your music doesn't age, you're making shit music that's going to like, we're not going to go back to it. And, and that's a lot of shit in hip hop right now. 
it's microwave shit right now, and it's you, there's a lot of people in hip hop that might own their masses. We're not gonna this is not gonna find its way to a fucking movie or a commercial or something of it. Like it's, we're not gonna keep going to listen to buy this album. I don't know. I still think it's a good thing they try to own their masters. Yeah, yeah, for but just in case, just in case, it's good. But what he's saying is if your shit that be telling them that, but not allowing them to make music that's going to age well. Is if you have a bunch of shit that nobody's gonna care about in five years, yeah, you're only just wasting space you're wasting money. your masters owning that shit. Not gonna make owning Michael Jackson's masters, or Prince's masters, or Kanye He's West's masters, money. or Tupac's masters that matters. Owning fucking uh, uh, Chingy's masters. D- <laughs> I know who that is. Exactly. <laughs> Pass. Owning so. Owning, he's like a scrub, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a, he's like one of the scrub. top five scrubs. Owning, okay. owning Little Zane's masters is not like Little Zane probably does own his masters because he's like a, has his own label and shit now. But we not listening to you, Little Zane. We didn't. We barely. We was there for you, and we barely listening to you. So you, my kids, not gonna care about your shit in twenty years. Money strings like Ruben. Nobody gives shit about money strings like Ruben. Shut up. <laughs> so that's that's what he was talking about, though. So I think it's it, it even. It, puts enlightened me because I'm like damn he right though like cause motherfuckers not... like so it's there's a lot of yeah, so. in depth intertwining with music other than that just that marketing but yeah it's, and and uh, I don't know like I really to like go back a little bit with his discography too like um, Trust the Shooter I love but he's oh, just like spitting yes um, best book, mixtape of that year I think Book Orion I love but that's like a lot more personal and this seems almost parallel i like book around more than this than allegory um but he's talking like on a bigger worldwide scale of yeah. problems and stuff like that too i as we said in the group chat though he can shut up about uh getting autism from shots because that's not true so. he, his son has autism and i think it comes right. up twice in the album yeah his son has autism and it comes up twice in the album and i think that's the reason why you hear him oh don't mm-hmm. tell me he's he's, he's like he, an anti-vaxxer Seems like it. Yeah, oh, that's no. what it seems like. <laughs> but before yeah, we go on more uh, about that, how many megaphones did you give it? I give this an 8.5 megaphones. I think... Gotta cut a megaphone in half? Yep. Eight, I give it 8 <laughs> megaphones and a phone, looking at it. Um, <laughs> There's a standard phone. <laughs> a microphone. Um, so, and I, megaphone. I, I say that... I say <laughs> 8 megaphones and a uh, Radio Raheem, looking at it. Um, <laughs> and I just say that because I think um, bar... Bars just as everything I've ever heard for Worth Five Nine for the last twenty years, he does not get bad at rapping. In fact, he gets better, which is rare. Which is rare. Motherfuckers get to a certain point and they start falling off. Royce continuously always says something that shocks me, or it rides a beat even better, or finds a pocket on a fucking song, and I'm like, like, every every time, like I, I believe he says, I don't age. It, it clearly don't. So I think rapping. I think there's a whole song called that too. Uh, I love too. My biggest thing that I love is that I learned so much from this album. Yeah, that yes. Sarah Bartman thing. That's a thumb- yeah, yeah, yeah. Google yeah. so many things. Yeah, like yeah. my tabs are open. Like what is this? What is that? Yeah, and he yeah. even says Google it. And that's why I give it an 8.5 because I, um, music wise, I think the beats and everything, um, they're in a pocket where I think that those songs could age well because they have an old 90s early 2000s vibe beat wise already so that can carry it because it just sounds like a classic sound he's rhyming well and he's teaching you something this is gonna be one of the albums you can go back to listen did you listen to this and you learn this from it like that's where i think nas gets uh, into the pocket of lies because a lot of his shit taught you stuff and so mm-hmm. i i i think this is one for the books for him and it's gonna go 
it gets an 8.5 for me. Speaking of learning some stuff, let's yeah. jump right into Russell Prosity. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about some shit I hate. No, um, <laughs> well, so, we said prosody. <laughs> oh, all right, I feel it. <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. Um, so honestly, uh, I want to talk about uh, recently uh, in social media, um, which shouldn't be the the standard for conversation, but um, there's been a lot of dialogue and interaction between uh, men and women. Um, especially black men and black women. So, excuse me, you two guys. Uh, oh. I just want to... <laughs> <laughs> We're in the um, clear. No. <laughs> um, that has been on my mind, and uh, so I wanted to talk about it because it's it's been very um, negative um, and very attack-heavy. Um, so, I guess let's jump right into it. Um, most times when you see, like, the different memes and everything and and um, people falling from gra- uh, grace or doing something that was um, <laughs> ill-advised. Um, I guess the people in, in question could be um, Bill Cosby's, the R. Kelly's, and those who deserve uh, punishment for their actions. But we always seem to take the road of the crowd in which we promote the memes, we promote all the... <laughs> The, the things that are funny, but they can be damaging still. Yeah. Um, and we seem to go that route more easily with um, our own people than just anyone. Like, of course, there's memes and and um, pictures and stories and, and jokes about people who just on a general basis fuck up. But it just seems to be much heavier and much more provoked. So it's, so it's more easily to be shared, more easily to be provoked as far as conversation and I see that these same similar um, actions are being pointed towards just regular people. Um, so just the whole, you know, um, I, I can tell you how many times I've, I've looked on my newsfeed and heard you broke ass nigga, you broke ass bitch um, about most anything. And it can even not be re- relevant to the actual conversation. Um, so... <laughs> It started to, or to, to to bother me and started to really weigh heavy on my mind. Like, why do we always venture first to the negative? Because it's easy. Well, that's that's a given. Yeah, but let's <laughs> let's go beyond the easy. The I feel easy like answer. people are too defensive. They look at themselves as like they need to guard and keep instead of just like being open more and too sensitive. I guess it's like the walls down kind of thing. But yeah, they're too sensitive and too uh, defensive, and they're always guarded. And so anything you say can be like they take the wrong way when it's and there's too many of those people around. So it's like when they everyone just I don't know. I don't know. Friendly. I think if if I'm right, you're talking <laughs> about people attacking more so than being attacked but then you're saying that people feel attacked because they're sensitive so then they're going to attack themselves because they feel attacked or okay. they attack preemptively because they figure if i get you first you can't get me mm-hmm. mm. huh. i don't know i think maybe people tend to attack more because they they are not trying to understand the other side so um if for whatever reason Joe K is saying that 
He supports the Bears. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> He's wearing a Packers shirt I'm right now. Up. <laughs> Now I'm attacking Joe. Yeah, so all Joe has to say is that he he's a Bears fan or something. And then instead of trying to understand why he's stupid, I just <laughs> attack him and try to spill a whole bunch of facts about why the Packers are actually better and blah, 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 but not trying to understand Joe's stance and his side. And I think that's why people attack more because they want they don't want, want to understand. They don't want to spend the time trying to figure out the person they're in front of or the person that they're reading. Right. So that's the so – the, the easier way as you as you stated um, especially for um, when there's something that's wrong what about when things are going well like somebody has a promotion or they get a new car why is it that we always venture right to negative shit because they're jealous they have animosity they feel like oh you think you're better than me because you got a raise and you think but, that you make more money right but why is that the di- why is that the, the right the no I'm I don't I don't know why it's not right it's People should be like, congratulations, I'm proud of you. That's awesome. You worked right. so hard. Or or even, yo, how'd you do that? Let's talk you know, in the inbox or whatever so yeah, you get some me. pointers. And you know what I'm saying? Why is there never a reach out, but you know, there's a handout, but there's not a reach out? You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Huh. I feel like I'm coming in a little bit <clears throat> because, because of my bathroom break. But if we're talking about people, why people in general attack other people, like things like that, I feel like, there's a lot of discomfort amongst people within themselves. Um, that discomfort comes out in so many different ways for them. It can come out in, it can come out in people lashing out to other people, um, people, you know, attacking other people. It can come out in, through drug and alcohol. You can come out through a lot of different forms because people are uncomfortable with where they stand among themselves. Like people don't ever look at themselves or not enough. I feel like, and find out who they are mm-hmm. and learn to love Learn to figure out why, and when they figure out the why, is that something that needs to be changed, or can I just love myself the way I am? Because if you figure out if you if you are a certain way, you figure out why, there could be some negativity there, and it could be a, a reason that you could or a reason that you should maybe alter that. That's like what we talked about a few weeks ago. Something like uh, people judge others because of they have their own insecurities. Right, 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 right. So yeah, can I jump on? Because that, that I've. I no. feel that that's a good point. <laughs> Let me on. Uh, was, is there's that Louis C.K. coming on? On, on, <laughs> on, on social media, it's like amazing to see it, how how badly people react if you post something critical of someone they like or something complimentary of something they don't like, mm-hmm. because they read it as like, say, I post something and I and I try not to get into politics on Facebook, but when I do... <laughs> but like, Shout out Dan hey, Peterson hey, looking at... Shout out Dan Peterson. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> shout out to Tinfoil. All right. <laughs> so if you put... If, if I post a, an article criticizing a... We'll just say a certain policy from the Trump administration, a bunch of people I know um, aren't going to read the Too article level. and read what specifically the criticism is... They're going to read that as, oh, you're attacking the guy I voted for. You're attacking me. So now I'm going to come and I'm going to attack you. Right. And they're going to make it real personal yeah. instead of trying. And, and, and also, that's so many steps removed from trying to understand, like, why I have a problem with whatever specific well, thing like, I do. Are you in favor of a guy or in favor of his policies? Because there's a huge difference. Right. 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 Yeah. 
I but think... they, but that's not even that conversation doesn't even get to it. Right. It's just like you know. you know, the funny thing about that is, you know, I'm I'm pretty big on like uh, anti, like I'm mad anti-racist. Like you know, if you know me, you know some of my best friends are white. Like I'm I'm not for any of that stupid Thank you. shit. Uh, <laughs> right, I'm not for any of that that goofy ass shit. Like, but. <laughs> McCoy is one of those people. I'm not racist. I have white friends. <laughs> My president's Yo, white. I can't guarantee it. No, but like... I can call Cody right now. So yeah, look. exactly. No, he's always around. I'm telling you. I swear, he usually answers. Oh, no. <laughs> Cody name is in between. He just... This number has been disconnected. Oh, wow. I mean, okay. He likes Nickelback. Come on. I, no. <laughs> I don't like Nickelback. It's a joke. Um, But I feel like there's a lot of... There's a lot of there's a lot of shit that a conversation that happen that if you are of a certain race that you should be adhere to certain politics or certain uh, conversations you need to be on this side otherwise you're like anti your race or you're anti another race or you're ra- you know what I'm saying there's a oh, lot of there's a lot of that type of stuff that comes up but it but even if just take out race and just go back to politics like there might be I've never I've stopped taking politics serious since. 2015 when trump was even in the like race for it and he was getting far i was like this is gonna turn out oh so this is gonna this turn is a out joke now i get it <laughs> like i was like <laughs> and then and then the guy the other day uh got on stage with juvenile and i was just like i don't that shit's <laughs> they're, yeah they're kind of making him oh, more oh, of a oh, show oh uh Steyer, right yeah, yeah is, he, is he out there <laughs> is he out there? exactly that's it's laughable is he out the race yet yeah yeah, yeah, yeah thank yeah, god because yeah. that guy dropped, no he dropped what, but a he day was never or two after that. It yeah, was he, stupid. He he never pulled more than one percent. Like I don't. I, he's a billionaire like Bloomberg. So I I genuinely think he just bought his way on stage. Right. right. He was never. Serious. And he was the guy who said said the big reparations thing, and he got the round of applause. Like bro, chill. Yeah. Like listen, man, some shit just seemed ungenuine. When you get on stage, would you? And then he starts. Judon gives him the the mic, or he has the mic, and he starts like trying to sing along. But you know this nigga don't know the song, and so it just it just seemed real stupid. It seemed that shit that ir- just random. That irritates me more than anybody trying to understand. Like that shit is. Uh, really, yeah, I agree. I hate when they try to get the black vote or Latino. Yeah. So for the yeah. black vote, Hillary Clinton comes with, "Oh yeah, I keep hot sauce in my bag." Oh, oh man. Yeah. yeah, that's but, it. But Donald Trump can say, "Look at my African American over here." Right, and, and you and you're now the president. And but you know what? But like that, and I can't believe I'm saying this. Yeah. That's sort of like I think that's genuine. I think he genuinely thinks, "Hey, there's a black guy that supports me. Look at my African American <laughs> over here." Whereas whereas Hillary saying the shit about oh, the hot sauce that that, that is that is yeah. not. Well, it doesn't. But, right, right. But, no, but Hillary, no. I get what you. That, that's saying, not right. genuine at all. That is pure pandering in that in that dork. Right. I, yeah, like, I, know, I know a Beyonce lyric. Like, look at yeah. me, guys. And like, it's and it's and it's um it's attributed to like Hillary Clinton how that happened. So it's like um I have I have this black condiment in my bag. That's how you look at it. <laughs> and and when Trump says it, it's like he might actually think he owns that black guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's why it's genuine when Trump does it and it's just forcing it when Hillary does it. Right. Yeah. But it also like, what are you doing indoors? It also <laughs> panders to a mindset where people who <laughs> want to go back to owning people will be like yeah yeah that is your african you know what i'm saying um so it makes it all the more plausible with trump it's it's cringe city either way (laughs) i'm I'm, I'm definitely with you Um, but even you know and we talked about this on on another pod about how um politics um 
gives rise to emotions and emotions uh, kind of convolute debates so that instead of, as Joe said, you're looking at the points I'm bringing up and why I feel the way I feel. You're just like, you don't like the same things I like. I don't like that you don't like the same things I like. like you we must don't like me. Right. right. Yeah. So I don't like you. Yeah. Right. Like we can't like, get along yeah. just because we have different opinions or different interests. Right. right. Um, and of course that comes back to the whole fair minded thing. Cause you know, I, I like to think in cycles. Um, so, you know, not being fair minded, being closed minded, being open minded, whatever um, mind you want to say, um, it always leads you to how you deal with people. Um, the, th- the thing that, that makes me laugh when I see um, people interacting on, on Facebook is how low they go to debase someone and it only is reflective of how they are themselves. You know, the more you laugh, the less <laughs> people are going to think I'm an ally. <laughs> it's no, it just, that's, what are you doing and doing like, right. Did you hear when Cody said that thing? Oh, yeah, trying to talk. He, he was <laughs> Cody was making a joke. Like he was impersonating Trump and his, his African American and in his Trump voice was like, What are you doing indoors? <laughs> He's a house nigga. Oh. Hey, going back that's going back to Bill Maher. Yeah. Oh. oh. Shit. So, fun fact: the I'm whole, very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> the emotional thing, and we've talked about this because also there's so too. many of us indoors. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> I live here. You, you know we can own property now, right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I didn't rob this apartment. That's actually me on the wall. <laughs> My pictures are here. He's got his forty acres and his mules outside. <laughs> So the reparations is I don't have one gene, I have three-fifths of a gene. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. Uh. Okay, sorry, Russell. No, you're good. So um, the emotional debate, of course, put, puts us against each other. And in this unfortunate case, is it is sex against sex. So women against men. Who, um, oh, yeah, that's what we we're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where, as we said oh, before, yeah. you know, the emotions are what can become terrifying themselves, um, especially for women. Um, like I said, I can't count on my hand how many times I've had conversations with uh, women about uh, male ego, male pride, and how that leads to male violence most of the time. Um, it's astounding that um, we have stereotypes regarding um, women being told no and they pout, they um, distance themselves, and then they go get it done or get it taken care of or get whatever they were said no to themselves. So you see all these uh, memes about wives, like, look what, look what I got. And he's like, you better have another fucking puppy. And she's like, yeah, his name is whatever. And, you know, that's the kind of stereotype. But with men, um, it is when they're told no, they're worse created. Women are abused. Women are killed. Women are raped. Women are drugged. And it's the fear of this ego and pride that um, causes so much distress, so much awkwardness between the sexes. And it's something that's not addressed. Um, And previously we had talked about um, if you see your man's, (laughs) but if you see your man's in the club and he's doing stuff that's not becoming of him, are you supposed to be your brother's keeper? And how do you be your brother's keeper? Um, it is unfortunately the general consensus for a lot of people that no, that's that nigga, that's not me, or that's that dude, that's not me. We're not the same person. I can't tell under the grown man what to do when I don't think that's being a keeper for your brother. 
Right. For sure. For sure. And it's like, people think I can't help or quote unquote what they think, whatever it would be, it would be help because I don't want to be affiliated with that action. Right. That, that person. Right. Right. Nah, like I couldn't imagine like us being somewhere and one of us doing some rapey ass shit and the other three of us being like. Uh, well, you like know, that's that just goes, such and such. Right. That's how we do. You know, like, right. that's not going to... turn our face like... Right. Man. That's not going to ever be a thing. We're going to be like, bro, what the fuck is you... Right. What the fuck are you doing? Stop. Like, we're going to be on that shit. So I... That's somebody the fuck up. Right. Like, the fuck are you doing, like, dog? No, you going home, bitch. And we're right. going to talk about this tomorrow. Right. <laughs> and you can't be on the pod this Saturday. Exactly. You just, hey, hey. You don't talk about it. You're going to let your ass have it on the pod, right. too. You better not say shit. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, like, wrote some things down as far as, like, the whole keeping, keeping your brother thing. Um, you know, if that's truly your brother, you should keep him out of trouble and away from trouble. And a lot of people don't differentiate the two. Yeah. So keeping him out of trouble, like, yo, no, this ain't a good idea. And if you know what he's prone to be about, we shouldn't even be over here, yo. Right, exactly. Like, if you're going to put yourself in a dangerous-ass situation in a Chicago basement just for uh, a battle rap or something like that, and I think your life might be in danger, I should be telling you, don't do that <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah. Your life is in danger. <laughs> <laughs> um you know i think uh i see like a lot of <laughs> a lot of the times uh ho- like holding someone accountable or holding you know we were talking about like aggressive well, difference between like being assertive and aggressive hmm. a lot of times holding somebody accountable or like telling somebody like something should or shouldn't be in a manner which they get the which they get that point is not necessarily somebody being aggressive. You might take it that way. You might be ta- taken in the wrong way. But, I mean, as long as you're not attacked. Like, T.S. can tell me, don't go to this battle rap thing in Chicago with nobody down or whatever. Because it might be in a basement. He could tell me that. And he could be like, that, you know, I, I wouldn't do that. Logically, logic, logically, scientifically, numbers-wise, that doesn't, doesn't end well for you. But if T.S. is like, you're stupid, you know, mm-hmm. he's not help. That's gonna just make me want to lash out the TS. Now we not talking about the basement thing. Mm-hmm. Now we talking about nigga. You just called me stupid, like stupid. That's where the issue lies in in uh, all types of debates and how we connect with other people, especially men. Yeah, when we man. stop bringing up the facts and then start attacking the yeah, person while yeah. trying to bring up the facts. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you're stupid because you don't understand, and then state a fact. Well, fuck the fact. You yeah. just call me stupid. stupid. Yep. No. And, then, and then you're still going to go to that thing, too. He right. didn't even accomplish his goal. Exactly, right. exactly. So, so I was going to say something Which to that Which makes him stupid. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because I've actually done that to where I've insulted somebody to try to get them out of the state of mind that we were in. Oh, yeah. So, like, you know, but, but that makes you a fucking moron. Well, what, what, now, now we're talking about something else. And I'm like, now you good? And he was like, yeah, I'm mad you call me a moron, so we go talk about that shit. But I, f- I feel what you're saying, but now we need to talk about this shit. I'm like, yeah, I had to get you out of yourself because you weren't listening to Yeah, see, you did that logic. in that instance. <clears throat> you did that on purpose on some mental acrobats to distract them from because I know what they're friend. trying. Because they're not derailing yeah. from it. So you derailed his thought process, and now Two he's negatives. okay. Yeah. yeah. Equals a positive. Right, because how far? But if how you don't do that on purpose, yeah. and you're just attacking just to attack, now that that's wrong. No, no, I, de- I definitely agree with you on that one. Um, the the point that I was just trying to bring up was how far are you willing to keep your brother from destroying himself or potentially destroying others? 
Um, a lot of times we say the shit and, you know, we'll go as far as this, but after that, you know what I'm saying? You know, you, you kind of on your own, but is that really our brother then? You know what right. I mean? Right, right. So. Final thoughts? Well, um, I didn't even get to the, the whole female thing, so we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> part two? Part two. Wait. Part wait. ducks. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Yep. So, final thought as far as that is go. Let's work on being, uh, of course, more fair-minded. That's my word. You know, I like saying that. But also, um, let's work on seeing the point instead of just simply the person. Because sometimes we see the person and it allows emotions to take over instead of seeing what they're trying to say. Perspective, for sure. Oh yeah. Okay. Speaking of perspectives, let's hear from Mister Cracker Jumping himself, Mister Four One Four. Not quite, Mr. Worldwide. Hello. Got, <laughs> got a couple questions for you, homie, while we promote. Um, so, Joe does have his own podcast. He's two episodes deep. Oh, this is one of those episodes. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, the podcast is called Play That Rock and Roll. The and the <laughs> first two are about, um, ah, now the names of some mine. Steve Miller. Yeah, Steve Miller. Big old jet airliner. Yeah. Joker. The Smoker, the Midnight Toker. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Steve Miller Band. He did a two-parter on it. Really, really interesting. I would definitely recommend whoever to listen to this podcast if you enjoy music, especially if you enjoy rock. Um, Joe is a one-man band, and I think it's complicated enough for us for sometimes to keep up with conversations between four different personalities and to try to keep things interesting and keep things moving along. Joe, within two episodes, has figured out how to talk by himself and keep you captivated by continuing to give you uh, stories. He does uh, impersonations. He does um, little breaks and everything like that. It's a well-crafted pod. Definitely give it a listen. Um, But to find out just a little bit more about Joe and ask him some fun questions. You've heard some of his comments on this pod. He's a natural-born asshole. (laughs) So like, he I'm fits well in, suited here. <laughs> he fits into the group just fine. But um, to those artificial <laughs> made assholes in the lab. If anybody knows you, we all know that uh, you are one to admire all the decades before the decade you were born. If you, Joe, could be born in a different decade, which one would it be? But you have to keep in mind that your 20s would be your prime. Oh, so yeah. which decade would you want to be born into? So, so that way you're in your prime in Elizabethan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shakespeare was spitting that shit. <laughs> well, I, I've uh, I've thought about this question since literally high school because, like, especially back in high school, and since then, like, musically, what what was pop music and even movies, like, I always feel out of step with. I, I like stuff from previous uh, generations. My mom uh, was born in 1964, which means she turned 16 in 1980. So to have your late teens and early 20s all through the 80s, you know, for me that would mean, um, you know, all, all all my favorite movies are in the theaters, all my favorite bands are touring. When there's something strange. Yes. <laughs> in the neighborhood. <laughs> You know, right, because Michael Jackson, you know, that you'd have a chance to see Michael Jackson in that era, you know, that kind of thing. But would I, if, if given a time machine, would I actually jump in and go back and have that? Uh, I'd probably have to say no, because living today, uh, you have 
not only access to everything that's today, you have everything you have access to everything that's in the past uh, in an easier way. Like you know, if I lived in the '80s, I would have watched a lot of MTV. Um, but I have even more than the entirety of MTV now, just on YouTube. You know, right. so yeah, it would have been it would have been fun to just you know kind of a what if live like through the '80s and you know see some of my favorite movies in the theaters. But like, you know, it, it's also very romanticized. Like I picture the '70s and '80s sort of in the same way I picture like. Uh, Star Wars and Lord of the Rings like the 80s doesn't really exist as like a reality to me because I wasn't there it's like a, a science fiction land where everybody had these like shiny Star outfits Wars and Lord of the Rings hair. are definitely historical not fictional but <laughs> yes. I'll let it slide yeah. so it's because in reality like if you go and I, and I was just kind of revisiting this by going through some old home videos and photographs that we, uh, that we did for a, a big family project last year and looking at pictures of, like, actual real life in the 80s and 70s, like, <laughs> good God, what an ugly era. I don't! No, nobody looks good. And it's like, because guess what? Like, nobody dressed like music videos or, or movies, you know? It's, it's, you like those shoulder pads? <laughs> right, exactly. Shoulder pads and, and like, even children, like, looked, looked like old ladies, you know? And it was just like, no, I don't think I'd want to live through that, you know? <laughs> Denim everywhere, like, no. Just... <laughs> You'll, you'll get a perm, and you'll get a perm. Can, right. I, can, I, can I can I say that is one of the greatest things I've ever heard somebody say? Because I often think, like I've thought about that too. Like I would love to have been a teen, like seven, like the seventies would have been so dope. And I'm think, but 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 it, like you said, it's not like a music. It's not like what you see on TV. Right. That was just the entertaining moment of yeah. the seventies. To think about like, like what they were doing on their day-to-day and not having a cell phone and being able to, like, access Google or have a, if I have a question. Yeah. Like, that hurts. Like, that would hurt. Go to the library. That would be so beautiful. What if you were going to go visit somebody in your car and you got lost? You know? Oh, that's what you actually would have to know where the fuck yeah. you're going. Or, I, that would you be You would have beautiful. better memory and retention. Yes. Yeah. It would be beautiful. You yeah. would know what the fuck is going on. I just found out that terrible. I have a map in my glove box and my mom does not, and I'm pretty sad about that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sure, would it be fun to be, like, a multimillionaire in the 70s and go to, like, Studio 54? Yeah, hell yeah, that'd be fun. But, like, if you're talking about, like... Just being a regular my, dude. Yeah, my equivalent, you know, in the 70s, life would suck <laughs> compared to... <that. laughs> yes, dog. I think it would you know? equally I suck. I mean, gir- girls wouldn't talk to me then either. <laughs> That depressing ass statement, Russell. Like, wait, what? I'm saying it'd be it would equally suck because life sucks now. Yeah, <laughs> niggas ain't shit then, ain't shit now. Like. Well, who who would you say got you into music? Well, you know, the funny thing is, is like, my parents were both very into music. Um, but they never, they, they, they got into stuff that, some sometimes I agree would agree, agree with them on stuff, but I remember back in high school, I would like be listening to like 80s pop music, like Duran Duran or something. And my mom would come in and she'd be like, what are you, what are you listening to? I'm like, don't you remember this song? And she'd <laughs> say something like... Yeah, that shit sucked back when I lived through it. <laughs> she sounds like a smart lady. Yeah, good old moms. Yeah, yeah. So, so I and I kind of and I kind of think of like you know if I have a, a kid someday, and they grow up and start getting really into, 
oh i don't know kesha or go back further like mm-hmm. limp biscuit or creed or some, some something i never and i shouldn't say kesha i kind of like her but <laughs> something like pop stuff that i just can't yeah, get like, into they're rocking out to eiffel 65 and like oh yeah, yeah this is awesome and you're like what or, the fuck or kid? they're like telling me like it's important yeah you know like it, 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 it's like <laughs> fucking no <laughs> Yeah. So hey, don't you is... remember Nickelback, Dad? Yeah. Why but... do you remember? When my kid tells me, asks me, don't I remember Nickelback? I will be a very happy father and feel like I've made it in the world. <laughs> I can right. then die at that day. We're gonna stop hating on Nickelback. God damn it! I hate you. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. So I... look at this. Right. <laughs> I was gonna say we can rip the fuck out of him. <laughs> continue hating on Nickelback. Look at this toe guy. <laughs> Look at this graph. You know what's kind of a a bizarre thing that had to do with it for my music taste was in high school was, uh, and I wonder if you guys remember this, there was a radio channel on 97.3. Remember 97.3, The Brew? Before it was 97 Now or Now Sports Talk or whatever. But like like our first year of high school, 97.3, The Brew became Rock of the 80s. And I hadn't listened to like a lot of music before high school i knew a couple of things here and there but like when that station came on and no no one i was really friends with listened to it i was just like hey this is something like that's just for me and like i would i would be dialed into that all the time and that's where i discovered a whole bunch of songs that to this day are my favorite klh after i think 11 was uh alice cooper yes absolutely nights with alice cooper i listened to a lot of that too you know and uh so you know i guess this is probably a thing that's less and less for people today, but like radio still had a big <coughs> impact on me, especially because I did some reading on like what ninety seven three was, and it was just like the most corporate, sterile, like <laughs> lazy idea that the station director had <laughs> for a channel. It, but hey, it, it still worked for me, you know. Yeah, right on. Well, who would you want to party with for a day versus tour with for a season, dead or alive? Oof, that's tough. In the 80s, uh, Van Halen did this famous MTV Lost Weekend where they had a contest of, like, if the people could write in, like, postcards or something, and it would be a lottery. And then whoever whoever they draw, you come out and basically party with the guys in Van Halen all weekend, and they treat you like a guy in the band, and you have to drink as much as them. That sounds dope. Yeah, but, like, I would die. <laughs> I was going to say, I wouldn't want to party with anyone because I would, don't yeah. want to die. Yeah. What, what singer was it then? Was it, it was still Roth. Roth? Yeah, it was right. It was, yeah, it was uh, the early 80s. And there, there was a documentary that was just made about the whole thing because, like, I, I don't know the whole story, but the guy who won the contest won it because he was in the hospital for something. And he had just, and again, this is kind of a thing with the 80s where you don't have anything to do to kill time. He just filled out hundreds and hundreds of postcards and just sent it in hoping that like oh well i got nothing else to do you know for hours and hours that's how we want it so that would be an interesting thing so you party with van halen uh well I, it's an interesting idea that okay. might write in hundreds and hundreds of postcards to- yeah i wouldn't want to do that to do it but like again that that would that, that would be you probably get some great stories out of that like i would party over a weekend with van halen but like if i was going on a tour with i don't i couldn't keep up with that yeah who would you want to tour with tour with uh another big drinker back in his day but he who seemed a lot less wild was uh joe walsh he was the guitarist in the eagles then he had a solo career in the 
in the 80s and he he i shouldn't lean on this but like he had a definitely had an alcohol problem i was gonna say when you said like not that big of a job like, but his fun wasn't like he wasn't a, well it's tough a, a lot of his fun was like wrecking hotel rooms with like chainsaws yeah. and like destroying furniture and that, that's what you want to be a part of there's something that absolutely speaks to me for that i i always blamed him for i have to give my credit card to the hotel person now yes that's that's probably fair. <laughs> yeah. Joe Walsh is the reason why we I'm all have to take your picture friends off their wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I live in hotels, tear out the walls. You know, that's that's one of his lyrics, uh, and I, I love that shit. I think so for a full tour because I think y- you know drinking yourself into oblivion might get old after a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Maybe <coughs> you know. That's debatable. With that, I feel like. Yeah, for a full for a for a weekend, yeah, for the Van Halen boys. But otherwise, for a you full tour, tour with Joe Walsh. I'd probably tour with Joe Walsh. Word, word. Um, if you could be a producer mm-hmm. and combine any two rock bands, and they'd have to collab for a whole vinyl, and it'd have to be Kendrick one of the Jekyll. best vinyls <laughs> that ever hit mankind. What two rock bands would you put together? Well, that's that's kind of tough because uh, well, it wasn't a whole vinyl, but I I sort of think that might have been done. I don't think I can come up with a better one than than Beat It, which is Michael Jackson and Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen does the guitar solo on Beat It, and Thriller came out in '84. Van Halen's 1984 record came out in '84, and they were like the one and two records for a period of time. So you have like these two acts at their pop at their highest their greatest power you know kind of joining forces and you know beat it to this day is like arguably one of the best pop songs ever recorded i think so i don't know that i could have ever come up with something that just kind of beats that <laughs> literally uh, <yeah>. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but it, it was tough to figure out because like you know Pushing bands together, like, it's, it's tough to, to guess if something would work. I, I do know that a couple of years ago, uh, Joe Walsh posted a picture on his Twitter of him hanging out with the lead singer of ACDC, and they are like, we're about to go in the studio and make some music, and then everybody in, in the rock world was like, whoa, that's a crazy combination, because, like, they're both, you know, from well-loved bands, but they're very different rock bands, and that would be really interesting, and then, you know, because of all the hype, the next day they had to come out and say... Yeah, we were going in the studio to kind of putz around with stuff. We're not recording an album. Have you, you heard know? of the Traveling Wilburys? Love the Traveling Wilburys. Do you guys know about them? No, no. They're like a super band. Yeah. Um, it's I had to look up because for who it was all in there. George Harrison from the Beatles, Tom Petty, Roy Orbison, uh, Bob Dylan. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I that's a that's a great answer. Wait, that's so wait, <coughs> Bob Dylan and George Harrison. Harrison from the Beatles were in mm-hmm. a group together with Tom, and Petty, Tom Petty and and Jeff Lynne from Electric Light Orchestra and then Roy Orbison, Jim you know, Kelton. old pretty woman. Uh, I mean, they those they did that in the late eighties, and they kind of uh, reunited with Danny Harrison, George's uh, son. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I like. Learning. What's the real podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I to do a little self promotion. Um, on, on, on my my podcast is very much a uh, sort of an extension of a show I used to do on YouTube, also called Play That Rock and Roll. And I I did a video uh, on the Traveling Wilburys story because uh, they're a great band and they're a really interesting story, and they didn't last for very long. And that said. I think that was my most popular YouTube video on that channel. So if you search Traveling Wolverines 
uh, in YouTube, it's the third thing that pops up after their two singles. That's dope. Yeah. So I'm proud of that one. Speaking about bands, as we've been talking about this whole time, who would you say are your top five favorite bands? Top five. Not Whoa. top 50? Not top 50. <laughs> top, top five. That's really tough. I mean, because you're talking about, like, what bands... If I'm on a desert island and I get to take five discographies with me, you know, probably, well, certainly Bruce Springsteen, uh, certainly Joe Walsh, certainly ACDC. They were, ACDC was probably the first rock band I really got into. Um, and then what, well, probably the Rolling Stones, just because they have so many, you know, it's just, a, it's just such a large discography. And then... Gosh, that fifth spot is hard to fill. You know, maybe you know. In some days, it's it's Steve Miller. Some days, uh, uh, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, tough. Okay, okay. And uh, conversely, who are the five worst bands? Ooh. Okay, so now we're getting controversial. Probably, probably the the band, and I like a couple of their one songs. Duran, two Duran. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, probably the band that like, they count as two because Duran Duran got yeah. it. I feel it. Cause same same. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the band the band that like makes me roll my eyes the most, but I do like a couple of their songs. But uh, I don't like I don't really like their influence on like the commercial end of music. Is probably Kiss. Okay. I never got in. I never really got into Kiss. Um, and I think most of the guys in the band are like really bad people. Um, and then like I don't know. Like Brett Michaels from Rock of Love, I don't know if you remember that. He used to be in Poison. I like Poison, but I don't like him on his own. He seems like kind of a scumbag. So is Poison a bad? You don't like? You I kind of like Poison. Okay, but so I don't, just like, don't like Brett Michaels. So, I don't really like Brett Michaels. So Kiss and Brett Michaels, the individual, are the two of the top. But Brett Michaels had a solo career. Okay, you know, got so it. he okay. counts. Okay. And then, like, probably my least favorite element of like the classic rock era is probably the. In the late 80s, there was a bunch of, like, hair metal bands that showed up way late to the game who, like, skipped all the rock and roll stuff and went straight to acoustic ballads. Like, um, I'm thinking of, like, Extreme, uh, and I forget, I forget the name of their song. Um, and then another one called Mr. Big, and I, I just don't like that scene where it's just, like, you know, uh, doofy hair metal dudes sitting around with acoustic guitars pretending to be deep. It just, that just doesn't <laughs> Oasis? No, they, they weren't here, <laughs> There's a very specific kind of thing. So, what, what was the name of the band then? Uh, there's one called Extreme, and then there's one uh, called that Mr. Big. E-C-K-Z Stream? E-X. Extreme and Mr. Big, okay, and then one more, if one you more. could. One more, if I could. Oof. I never really got into Leonard Skinnerd. Yeah, you know, I like some yeah. Southern rock, but I don't like free. Want to take Russell's lead and head out then? <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait! 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 wait. The, the 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 okay, we're gonna talk about this. I'm sorry, this is a long pod. We just call the pod the long one. Pause. Yeah. Um, Cody. Yes. The look on your face when he said that. Mm-hmm. Can you? Here's no logic. You're stupid. No, I'm <laughs> I like I get I like three steps, but like I I do not like Freebird. I kind of like Sweet Home Alabama. It, 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 I'd have to think more on it for, for like... Tuesday's Gone? Yeah, Tuesday's Four Gone. Four Walls of Radio Food? What, what's... Um, Simple Man is a really nice Sim- song. So maybe maybe I'm being flippant by saying yeah. Skinner. I mean, like, there's... I'm glad I could talk you into it. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious, because 
This is the five worst bands, and Leonard Skinner made the list. It did not. He just changed his it, mind, so he's gonna it, replace it with ABBA. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. To, I'm just trying to stick in the realm of what I know with rock, because like there's, you know, there's all kinds of other acts that. Apparently, I he likes some of those songs, but the band as a whole, is trash. Well, a lot of them are dead. And trash. <laughs> One. It, <laughs> <laughs> he's like Kobe died. Skinner died. Yeah. <laughs> survived and, and then he like started made his, flying helicopters later on made it i hope <laughs> ironically but but he but like what was crazy about that story was this okay so they it's like these are really fly the record the record they were they were about to release uh when when the plane crashed was a record called street survivors and the picture of them air not survivors <laughs> yeah well the picture of them is them the five of them standing in a street with a bunch of burning wreckage behind them so it's just like this was the record they had ready to go. Now it wasn't plane wreckage, but it was just like train wreckage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, it's these yeah, it's the five guys in Skittering just hanging out with like burning buildings and you know so, a road behind them. And then the album's called Street Survivors. I have no idea what that's referring to. And then they had to the record company had to pull that back from the distributors to put out a, a less tasteless album cover because like half the band died in a, in a plane crash. <laughs> Fun story. Wow. Uh, I was at Summerfest, and I forget who was supposed to play at the amphitheater, and they couldn't make it for some odd reason. I forget. So they were giving away like really cheap tickets. I'm like, oh, who's good? It's like 15 bucks. And I'm like, well, who's playing? Um, it was a uh, 38 special opening for Skinner. Oh, okay. Which is really cool because Ronnie Van Zant, who was in uh, Skinner's brother, right. played for 38 special. So that was kind of cool. Like double connection or... I've, I've seen 38 Special. They're fun. Yeah. They are, they're they, fun. There's a rock group called 38 Special? 38 yeah. Special, yeah. There hang, a, hang on loosely. There uh, is a... There's a, there's a rapper. There's a rapper named 38 Special. Oh! Who's, who's like... Who's close with Gazelda who are the three rappers that were on a Royce's album. This is all coming full circle. Wow. Now, wait a minute. Now, those... Don't you think those two got a collab? They have to. At this Come point. On. At this point. There, as you mentioned that, buddy. So, over your top five and the top five greatest and the top five worst... Pick one from the five and one from the best, one from the worst, and make them collab to make a good. Oh, oh, wow. Wait a minute, I'm sorry, I I, I screwed up. I I uh, don't Skinner, want Skinner. Skinner doesn't belong in my bottom five at all. I I totally I had one coming over. That that whole conversation might be defunct because I mean there's a band uh, called Chicago from the 70s. <laughs> I, I I I hate Chicago. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Cody? Leonard Skinner's all right, but you know what? Yeah, Chicago, uh, for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to hold back down that. I cannot stand Chicago. <laughs> all right. So your, okay, sorry, sorry. Your top five and your top worst, pick one collab between the two. So if you take one from the top oh, five okay. to make one of the top worst. For them to make together? In a, yeah, in a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm really genuinely surprised Kiss and ACDC haven't already done a tour or something like that together. Mm-hmm. They're very similar. They're, they're from the yeah. same era. That, that that same heavy rock. And I think like ACDC would bring out Kiss's better side. You know, because I do like a little bit of Kiss. I just don't like the guys in the band at all. So I think that could be a, a lot of fun musically. Yeah, right on. Go. Right on, right on. I did bring up 
that uh, his impersonations are hilarious. He's been, been oh, doing a little oh, bit of God, Bernie. But um, to close us out... You do a Bernie Mac? Oh, no, that do. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. No, that would not work. <laughs> to close us out, um, go ahead and promo your pod again in Steve Miller fashion. Oh, I, I would just have to be stoned. Like, hey, man... Well, you think, you think like, I'm not lit. You know, here's the funny thing about Steve Miller is that he got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he reacted by saying, I fucking hate the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I'm still going to go and do a show. So that would so the equivalent would, for me to impersonate him, I'd have to say, I hate this show, and then still come on. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I can get down with that. Well, that is episode 61 of Not Politically Correct. It's the homie TS, a.k.a. C-Nova. You know I gotcha. And you can find me on Twitter at C-Nova KPZ. No, McCoy? No facts? No it, stories? That was the fact. The fact. Yeah, you I, I, I'm the fucked up story. <laughs> that was a huge honor, by the way. Your toe didn't even fall off. <laughs> <laughs> It's your boy Rumble Cool, aka Mr. What to Do, aka Young Flash God. You know you can find me in St. Louis. No, you can find me in Rumble Cool KPZ on uh, Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat at uh, Rumble Cool Rebel. I'm Cody. You can find me on CD Record and everything. And uh, Russell had to take off, but. Megatron, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I-D-I-T-Y. <laughs> you can find him at I-D-I-T-Y. I-D-I-T-Y, that's for idiot. Don't, you won't be able to find him anything like that. <laughs> um, E-C-K-S-I-D-T-Y's. And, uh, <laughs> before we go, you can find us on Facebook at Not Politically Correct Podcast. You can like our page at NPC Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Not PC Podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud. On iTunes, the podcast app. I don't know if they actually shut iTunes down yet, but that's coming. So regardless of we're on there or not, we're somewhere in there. SoundCloud, podcast app, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, all of that. Uh, not politically correct podcast. And also. And then I'm Joe, and I'm the host of Play That Rock and Roll. You can find me at, at Play That Podcast on Twitter. And if you search at Play That Podcast on Facebook, you'll find our page there too. As of right now, because I've only, and I'm posting the third one today, I only have three po- podcasts in the, in the bank. I'm only on, on SoundCloud right now. I will post the link in the NPC group. Dope, dope. And uh, I just want to close by saying thank you guys for having me on. Uh, as a fan of this show and a fellow podcaster and a, a rival podcaster who right, I love you guys or something. We got beef! <laughs> this, this was a lot of fun. I, I hope you have me back. You know, sure. once, well, I have, once I have a few more episodes under the belt. Well, I, I actually would hope that you would actually have Cody and I. I'm not saying you got to bring the whole podcast on because I don't know how much equipment yeah. I have. And I don't really care about T.S. and Russell. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you can't borrow the mics then. <laughs> the we got, I, one of these is mine. <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> no, nah, um, um, shit, he left his mic stand. That bitch. Uh, so I would hope that you would have, because listening to you musically is like, it reminded me a lot of myself in rap, like the facts that you have. It just rem- like just knowing like, oh, he went on tour and he was like this or he was an alcoholic like that. I'm listening to this and I'm really tuned in because I'm like, I love that type of shit. Uh, that's a mutual feeling because like when I listen to your segment on this show, like I don't know enough en- uh, enough about rap and hip hop to like 
get all the references, but I really love the industry talk and the expertise you have on that because it's like that's the thing with and and you as well with with like music. Yeah. And I'm not saying you're not a music fan, but like to be a real diehard. Yeah. yeah. You know, fan who like takes the time to 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 you know do these deep dives on stuff. Even if you don't know the music, the industry stuff, the, yeah. the stuff that's around the how it, it is really How we got there, how they ended up doing yeah. the collaboration, what made them want to, you know, like, just, yeah. it, it's interesting, you know. So, I would hope that if you I don't. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'd like, love. especially, 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 and again, this is not to take away from T.S. And, and Russell, I love y'all. But, um, I think, <laughs> I think, I think. Maybe he's lying to you again. I, think, <laughs> um, I just think that it would be an interesting episode to have us on and uh, kind of just you know, merge those two. It would be a, it would be my honor. But I yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can do in the works then. Yeah. If, if if you guys lend me your stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe do a whole music section on NPC with rock. Yeah, that would be yeah, great. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But close us out McCoy so we can get the fuck out of here. Uh gang! <laughs>